So Jonah, Jonah chapter 3. Let's start by reading the whole chapter. If you would, turn there with me. Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day Jonah started in the city, he proclaimed 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When, they, when the news reached the, the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, he took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in dust. Then he, then he issued a proclamation to Nineveh by the decree of the king, his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways, their violence, who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they, what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. Father, we thank you for these words and um, pray this morning as we look into them how they apply to us and how we live our lives, how we should live our lives in relation to them. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. So we've seen Jonah on this journey from from hearing the word of the Lord the first time to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. And Noah's, uh, Noah, Jonah's response was to run, to go as far away from God as he possibly can. He gets in a boat, gets in a storm, gets swallowed by a fish, spends some time praying, and now we see that he gets, actually if you go to the end of chapter 2, it says, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out. So, so here we get the picture. Jonah has been in a, in a big fish for three days and three nights. He's covered with stuff, and he gets projectile vomited out onto a beach, and there he is laying slimy and having all kinds of stuff all over him and the and he barely gets himself cleaned out or, or maybe he doesn't even get himself cleaned up and the first thing he hears from God is Jonah get up and go Jonah get up move go and do what I ask you to do here's some things that I, that are uh, I think are really interesting first of all God gave Jonah a second chance you know, that's the good news, that, that God gave him a second chance. But, but the bad news for Jonah was he still wanted him to go to Nineveh. You know, his disobedience hasn't canceled out God's call for him to go to Nineveh. 
And there are some things that that you'll learn as you read this scripture about God himself. And and one of the things that I learned is that, that, that God continues to extend his grace in spite of ours or Jonah's disobedience. You see, he is a God, and we sang about him this morning, who abundantly pardons sinners when they come to him. When we humble ourselves before this incredible God, when we, the Bible says, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, He forgives us our sins. First John says, if we confess with, uh, confess our sins, He is righteous and just. Well, He cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, and we see, we see God being gracious, extending His grace to Jonah. And, and, and extending this um, grace and renewing Jonah's call on his life. So we see that God extends his grace despite of our, in spite of our disobedience when we come back to him. And we see that, 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 that God's plan doesn't change. Even when we are disobedient and we sin, God's plan doesn't change. You know, God didn't say to Noah, okay, or jo- why am I getting Noah and Jonah mixed up? Jonah, all right? Noah was in a boat, Jonah was in a fish. So, what was I saying? My wife was up here just shaking her head thinking, man... God's plans don't change. Just because Jonah was disobedient, God didn't say, okay, Jonah, look, since you don't want to go to Nineveh, I'm going to go ahead and let you go to Tarshish where you wanted to go, and you can just preach the gospel over there. He didn't say that. You know, when, when he told Jonah to get up, his message to him still was, Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh, the place that I originally, where I wanted you to go, that's where you're going, Joan. I'm not changing my mind. So just because of our disobedience, just because of Jonah's disobedience, didn't mean that, that God was changing his mind. We can't negotiate our way out of God's calling on what, what we're supposed to be doing. So God's plans don't change, and it didn't change for Jonah. You know, Isaiah 55, it says that for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God doesn't think like we do. And says, as high as the, as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. God's ways, his thoughts are much higher than ours. And and God had a plan for Nineveh. God had a plan for Jonah. But also, as you look at this, God cares about his workers. He cares about his children. He cares about us. If God wouldn't have cared about Jonah, he would have just found somebody else to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. He said, fine, Jonah, you go do your own thing. I'll find somebody else to go and do this. But, but God cared about Jonah's heart. 
And, 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 and God wanted Jonah to confront the evil in his own heart so that he could have relationship with him. You know, God didn't need Jonah, but Jonah desperately like us needed God. And so, God cares about his worker. He, he, he gives us work. He calls us to things, but, but in his calling us, he still cares deeply about us, and that's why he calls us. Now, Jonah, in spite of, of, of Jonah hearing God and, and him saying, Jonah, get up and go, Jonah had a lot of reason to still, I think, humanly disobey God. And some reasons that Jonah may still have disobeyed God, well, you know, he was... He was Along, some people believe maybe 500 miles away from Nineveh when he got spit out. So Jonah could have said, look, it's going to take me a long time to get there. I've really got a lot of other things on my plate. I've got other things to do. And it's a long walk. It's not like he could get on a plane and fly to, to Nineveh and, and, and get off. He had to walk there. And so, so Jonah could have said, you know, it's really unhandy. You know, I've got family at home. I've got stuff to do. I really can't go. Jonah could have disobeyed because of fear of the Ninevites. And his fear was, was legitimate. I mean, these were, the Assyrians were brutal people. I mean, they would cut people's heads off and put them in town so that they remembered that they were there. So Jonah could have said, look, I'm not going to Nineveh because it's not safe. The minute I get inside that city, inside the city walls, and I begin to proclaim the gospel, I'm done. I'll be dead. And so he could have, out of fear, said, I can't go. Jonah also could have, out of shame, because of his disobedience, could have said, look, I am not worthy to go. I have, I have let God down. And because of his deep sense of shame and embarrassment, Jonah could have said, I can't go. You know, I believe Satan is the master of shame. I believe many times we don't do things that God has called us to do. We don't, um, we're not obedient. We don't talk to people that God brings in, our, brings in our minds to talk to because of our shame. Because Satan says, look, you're no good. Look, you did this and you're going to go share the gospel with them. So Jonah could have said, like, like all of us could, have, could say, look, I'm not worthy to go. I'm just not worthy. Because of my past, because of the things I've done, you don't understand how bad I've been. But Jonah serves a gracious God, and it's the same God that we serve that 
that when we confess our sins, he is righteous and just and he cleanses us. And so we, we don't need to feel shame. So Jonah had lots of reason. He had some really good excuses to not go. But he went anyway. And how often do we allow our excuses? I'm too busy. It's pretty inconvenient. I have to go all that way. I have to do this. I've got that to do. It's, it's, it's dangerous. And we, we, we reason ourselves out of sharing the gospel. And like I've said before, you know, we are very critical of Jonah. We say that, man, he missed it. And yet, we're just like Jonah. We allow fear to keep us from sharing the gospel. We, we allow shame to keep us from sharing the gospel. We allow our own agendas to keep us from sharing the gospel. But the good news here is that Jonah, it says that Jonah went anyway. In spite of all of his fears, in spite of everything that he had experienced, his disobedience, it says that Jonah went. Jonah went to, to Nineveh. In the text in verses 3, it says that Nineveh was a huge city for us today. Some people believe there were around 600,000 people that, that lived in Nineveh. So it says that Jonah went to preach in Nineveh. Now, Jonah didn't have, a, he didn't have this great like, uh, 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 evangelistic uh, strategy of going in where he put a team of people together and, and they went ahead of him and they, they, they checked out the city to see where the people would be most open to the gospel and, and you know, and, and did all. He just simply went in the city and he, he preached an eight-word sermon. Now, some of, I'm sure some of you would appreciate if I preached eight-word sermons. But he simply said, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And really, that's what Jonah wanted. He, he really didn't want them, I don't think, to, um, to repent. He wanted them to be destroyed. That's why he said, look, 40 more days, and you guys are toast. You're done. God is done with you. That was his message. Now, I'm not sure if Jonah believed that, that his message would, would, would impact the people, but that was his message. Forty more days and you are done. And when you stand back and you think, man, Jonah, I, I would have said things a little bit differently. I would have been a little softer. You know, I would have made went in and introduced myself. And, but, but it says that the people repented. It wasn't what Jonah expected. Jonah didn't know this was coming. The, the Ninevites didn't know this was coming, but, but, but God knew. And from the outside, it seemed like this city was hopeless, that there was no hope that they would ever, because of the evil in the city, that, that there would never be a, a response to the gospel. But 
God had been working on the hearts of the people. He had been working behind the scenes, preparing people for this moment that Jonah came walking into the city to give them the bad news. But notice what happens when Jonah preaches. Verse 5, it says, And the Ninevites believed God. Imagine that, this eight-word sermon. And they believed God, and not only did they believe God, but, but they were transformed. It said they declared a fast from the greatest to the least, and they put on sackcloth and ashes, and, and they repented of this was a sign of repentance. A mourning for their sins. They recognized their sinfulness. They repented. And, and, their, and their lives were changed. And in the king himself was transformed. And it says when news came to him, in verse 7 it says that he proclaimed, he made a proclamation. He said, by the decree of the king and his nobles, don't let any man or beast. In other words, even their animals had to fast for three days. And he says, let everyone call urgently to God and let them give up their evil ways and their violence. And he says, who knows? God may yet relent and have compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. So the king recognized their evil and called the people to repent. And he didn't know how God was going to respond, but he believed the message that God had given Jonah that if they don't repent, they will be destroyed. And so we see Nineveh's response to, to Jonah's message is, is repentance. But then the the really beautiful thing in this story is, is verse 10 of Jonah chapter 3. It says, when God saw what they did, and they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion. He had compassion. And he did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. What a beautiful picture that here were these, these evil, this evil generation, this, this, these people that just were far, far from God. Someone is obedient, comes and shares with them what God wanted him to share. They repent, and God, in his love and mercy, shows them compassion. Gives them something they don't deserve. This was one of those but God moments. Nineveh was on a road to destruction, but God showed up. And they were changed. In Psalm 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins 
deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Do you hear the good news of that psalm? That the God that we serve is is slow to anger and abounding in love and he doesn't always accuse nor does he harbor anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He didn't treat Nineveh as its sins deserved. He is a God of love. That when we repent, when we confess, He forgives us our sins. Actually, Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. So when we read that all the shame and guilt of our past should go flying away because we have a God that is compassionate and loves us. And here in Jonah chapter 3, the city of Nineveh repents and begins to to follow the Lord. Now this happens, um, historians believe, Bible scholars believe, around 765 B.C. that this revival came to Nineveh. But then when when you continue to read history and continue to read Scripture, One generation later, about 722 B.C., the Assyrians attacked Israel and took them captive. And he asked, how can this be? And this is exactly what Jonah was worried about. This is what he he knew this was going to happen, or he thought he did. And next week we'll see how angry he is because of their repentance. But, But one generation later, Nineveh forgot God. The generation of people that responded to Jonah, to his message, were changed forever. In fact, in in, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus talks about the Ninevites, and he says, the men of Nineveh will stand in judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. So, so, So this generation of Assyrians in Nineveh would change for eternity because one man was willing to preach. Jonah was was obedient and preached to his generation. And you know, we have the same responsibility. We have a responsibility to preach to our generation. Whichever generation you believe, we have a responsibility to reach out to them, to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And I love these, these words from, Toe Byler was a, the first pastor at, at uh, Maysville Mennonite, now Fairlawn Mennonite, but I found this quote from him in, in our um, 50th anniversary book. It says, our responsibility, talking about our churches, is to reach this generation and to prepare wisely for the next. And so we have a great responsibility to reach our generation. But also, we are called to live lives in such a way that the next generation will see Christ in us. 
I don't know what happened in Nineveh, what happened to the generation that, that changed their lives, that, that, that were transformed, but it didn't get passed on to the next. But we as a, as a people have a responsibility to share the gospel with our generation. We have a responsibility to, to, to live out the gospel in a way that the next generation sees it. Are we doing that? You know, one of the verses that we looked at this week in Bible school was, was, was Matthew chapter 5, our theme verse we'll get to, but, but Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says that, that you are the what of the earth? Children, you are what? Salt. Have you forgotten already? Come on now. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty anymore? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out. Then it says, Jesus said, you are the what of the world? Light. You are the salt, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That is our responsibility as followers of Christ to, to let our lights shine before men. Let our lights shine before this generation or the generation that we live in so that they may see Christ in us. And when they do, it says they will glorify our Father in heaven. Are we doing that? Are we shining our lights before men? Are we showing them our good deeds which come from Christ as we're filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are we living our lives making excuses for why we can't or don't? Are we allowing our busyness? Are we allowing our fear are we allowing our shame to keep us from being a light? Because Nineveh is all around us. And we are called to go there. Just like Jonah was called to go. And as I read the story of Jonah, as I read the account of his life, and his running, and his being swallowed, and his going. What, what does that mean for me, practically today? How does Dwayne Detweiler live this out in 2017? Because for every single one of us who have been saved by, 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 by Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, every single one of us at one time were enemies of God and now are, are, are children of God. We have a responsibility to go and tell. 
We have a responsibility to the one who pursued us to go and pursue others. And for us who believe, God's desire for us is the same as it was for Jonah. To go and to tell. That was God's command to Jonah. Go to the city and proclaim. Fast forward to Jesus just before he ascended into heaven. What did he tell us to do? Go and make disciples. We're to go and make disciples. There are no excuses. There there is no fear that we can proclaim or or busyness, or, or anything like that, that is a good enough excuse for us to not go. We must surrender our lives to this work of the Great Commission. We must live our lives for, for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of, of telling people good news, of living in a way that they see good news. And yet we're like Jonah. You know, Jonah was living in a safe place, and God asked him to, told him to go to an unsafe place. We live in a safe place. The United States of America is a, is a really safe place to, to live. It's a great place to raise a family. But our identity isn't primarily being a citizen of the United States. We are citizens of another country. We are citizens of a heavenly country. And that is where our allegiance belongs. To that city that we are longing for, that we will one day go to. And until we go there, our responsibility is to go and tell, to live out the gospel. And for some of you, for a great majority of you living here, in this place, doing life here, and spreading the gospel here, is what God has called you to. But there are some of you that God is calling to go to other places. There are some of your children being called to go to other places. And Julie Kahn was telling me some of the places that she has signed up to go or that she has put on her list, and and one of them sort of made me a little bit nervous as she said the word northern Iraq. What if your child's called to go to northern Iraq or Afghanistan? I'm not sure how excited Jonah's family was for him to go to Nineveh. But when we're called to go, when God invites us to share the good news in places that are unsafe. If he says, I want you to go live in this nation or that nation, like Jonah, we must go. And lastly, I want us 
to ask God to, to, to fill our hearts with a love for lost people, with a love for this world, for, for the people of this world. We need to pray and ask God to, 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 to break our hearts for lost people, to give us a passion and a desire to share the gospel, to give us eyes to see people that need the love of Jesus. We need to be praying and seeking Him and helping to understand what it is He wants from us. That He would give us a desire for community. He would give us a desire for our region. He would ultimately give us a desire for the nations. And that it would be said of the Pharaoh Mennonite churches, they desire to glorify God than anything else, more than anything else in their lives. That they're not consumed with, 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 with other, other things. They're not consumed with, with, with possessions and, 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 and entertainment and sports. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but they're not, they're not um, obsessed with those things. They're not allowing those things, the things of the world, to consume them. They're consumed with taking the gospel to the nations. Church, may we live our lives in a way that glorifies God. Like Jonah, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. You are his masterpiece. question is, will you run away or will you obey? Let's pray. Father, I pray for this body of believers, for myself and for, for everybody sitting here this morning that that we would earnestly seek you and father when you tell us to go that we would go whether it's across the street or across the country or across the ocean that we would go Father, we would go and make disciples. Lord, break our hearts this morning for, for the lost, for people who are at where we were at at one time. Lord, I pray that, that, that we would find ourselves weeping over people that are lost. That you would give us uh, just this, this incredible passion and urgency to proclaim the gospel. 
Father, may we glorify you. May we live lives that are attractive and honoring. As we go from here today, empower us. And the moment we walk out those doors and, and, and enter our Ninevehs, that you would give us a heart for those people, the people we work with, the people we play with, the people we, we do life with, who don't yet know you. Father, give us the courage to share the good news. to be obedient to your spirit. It's in Christ's name that I, that we pray this morning. Amen. All right, we've got about 13 minutes till Adult Bible Fellowships begin. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the rest of your day.